Fancy Podcast, a show where my hair grows ever shorter while victims grows longer. My name is still That's not true. <laughs> Mine just seems like it's growing longer. It's definitely growing shorter. <laughs> I just got a haircut is why. And also I shaved my beard, but I kept the mustache. That's not true. Yeah. Mine just seems like it's growing ah, longer. It's I definitely growing shorter. Fucking mute the stream again. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were repeating yourself. I'm like, why are you repeating yourself? And it's like, oh fuck! Rest in peace. I did not, I did not fucking mute the stream. I am. Ooh. We went through so much effort, listeners, to to fucking sound test before going live, so we wouldn't have to be like, oh, let me pause and and look at the stream, right? I was gonna not do that this time because I'm a professional, and um, no. Oops. Fuck that up. Uh, oh well. It's it's oh well. Um, so we're live. Anyways, victim, um, I shaved my beard, and you see, my dad and all of his brothers, uh, they kind of look like Tom Selleck, if you know who that is. Uh, okay, yeah. And so I got, like, pretty mad mustache game. Like, if you take a look, and listeners of the Melomancy podcast who do not watch There's the VOD. trust us. Yeah, who do not watch the VOD are just going to have to trust me. But I have a pretty sick mustache going on here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scooch closer to the camera. It's blonde, so it's kind of hard to tell, but it's pretty bushy. It's getting pretty bushy, and I, I was clean-shaven a month ago. So, like, that that was a month of mustache growth. I'm pretty happy about that. Honestly, <laughs> it's it's better than people saying you have fucking orange or red hair. I remember that used to be a thing that the, the guys in fucking Aircraft used to roast me over, and, and I'm like, it's not red, it's brown. What the fuck are you talking about? I, it's the I lighting. Blonde. I have dirty <laughs> blonde, so it's like, you know, in the right lighting, brown does kind of look a little red, sure. Yeah. But um, it was my graduation photo, and I'm like, that looks nothing like that. The fuck are you guys? Are you high? It's pretty funny. But yeah. So, I mean. On all legally binding documentation, I am also dirty yep. blonde. But my hair is not the same color as yours. <laughs> no. Also, my hair is not the same color as my son's. However, if you look at an old picture of me, they have the same hair. Both of them, right? Especially the younger of the two. He's like beach blonde. And old pictures of me when I was a baby, I was be- bleach bond. But now I'm this. And it's like, so I guess he's going to look like that when he's a little bit older. Because he's like a clone. Like, I, I look at yeah. old pictures of myself and I'm like, that looks like my kids. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, in, in my 40s, it'll be black hair. <laughs> I'll, I'll have, my, my hair will date me. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Uh, I, it is a little weird, though, because uh, I do have the blonde mustache. Uh, whereas uh, my dad has a red mustache, but he has black hair. That's a Norwegian I have, thing, I think. I, it, actually, it's funny you mention that. I do have red hairs in my beard somewhere. Yeah, they're probably really hard to tell because it's probably like one or two strands here and there. But like, yeah, it's weird. I always and thought it was I, strange though, because like my dad's got like yeah. jet black hair, right? But his mustache is red. But it's like got a lot of gray in it, and it's been that way since he was thirty. It's it's not like fucking like. But hey, that's pretty Jean, cool though. It's not like Jean Grey red. It's like oh, that's an okay. old guy with red hair. Might be brown. It ain't black though. Right, like his hair is jet black, his mustache is not, and that's really strange. But like, I I've been told it's a Norwegian thing. It's like you know, you, you see it there. Uh, that's where my family's from, so it's like, well, I got fucking, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I've, I've never been there the, the exact same way. But his family descent, I think, is like from France. Like, so it's like kind of weird. But yeah, I know his beard is like a very clear shade of like orangish red, mm-hmm. but his hair is black. That's fucking wild. 
So, so victim, victim. It's been a, a while. We we canceled uh, last week, I think, in the week before. So we we do the show every two weeks, dear listener. Binging in twenty thirty. I know you're listening to these back to back. We do the show every two weeks. Uh, two weeks ago, we were like, let's cancel. And then I was like, so next the week after, I was like, so we recording this week? Or are we going to keep the schedule? I think I canceled the, uh, last week because I had shit to do. Um, yeah, I think I mentioned that it was probably best we do anyways, just because. But yeah. So how have you been? Like I haven't seen you. <laughs> so yeah, no, I guess the, the 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 major reason why we canceled originally um, was because I got my COVID shot, mm-hmm. and I got it. I think just after we recorded the last time, so it would have been on Friday. So we record on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and so a couple days later, I got it. Um, and you know, it's supposed to only be like two days worth of being sick. And then, uh, and then in rare cases, it's up to like two weeks where you might have like a heart problem. And that's what happened to you. Um, was the two yeah, weeks except of, it did, uh... it was, except it wasn't two weeks and uh... I still have the problem. It's just not, not nearly as bad. Yeah. So yeah. that was, a, that was, that was fun. Uh, I think what ended up happening is it's heart, inf- heart inflammation, myocardiolitis mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. Um, and I think what that does is kind of causes the same shit as like heartburn if if i'm guessing correctly this is pure speculation i'm not a doctor but um and so i think because i didn't really change much about my habits otherwise i think i just Mm -hmm. developed like really bad heartburn on top of it so even after that condition may have went away i have no idea um i think i continue to have the repercussions of it which is just shitty so short of breath you know running out of energy really quickly when i the first night it happened, I couldn't even stand. I, I would lose my energy so quickly. It was the, weird and scary at the same time. Yeah, you were telling me about it live, and I was I was getting kind of worried about you. And, uh, you know, as the weeks went on, like, uh, you weren't streaming as much, or maybe my notifications are broken. Uh- <laughs> no, I, I streamed once a couple days ago, and that was, like, it. And I could only go for, like, three and a half hours because I just felt dis- defeated afterwards. Yeah. Just super tired. But at the same time, I, I was thinking about like messaging you, like, "Are you are you okay?" But then every time I look you up to to think about maybe messaging you, uh, you're playing New World, and so I'm like, "Oh, he's okay. He's alive." <laughs> I, I was, yeah, New World was a, is a nice one for me. So before before I talk about that in, at all, um, I still play League with the guys from time to time, and there was an event going on that they wanted to, to go through. So I was like, "Oh, I'll hop on and play." worst fucking idea of my entire life i think i'm probably among a, a very small select few people that can say that league of legends almost fucking killed me from like a game or two <laughs> my heart I, yeah, tense games you know really i used to play the, i played the game for years and years and years so you know I, I i can tend to i try not to get serious but it happens it comes out of me from time to time mm-hmm. um and every time i would get my heart rate would go up after like three games one night the third game we ended up losing because i just i couldn't play anymore my heart rate got so fast. My chest pains got so bad. I'm like, if I don't fucking just chill out and stop, like, <laughs> this I, is my heart's gonna go fucking stop. Uh, this is too stressful. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, nope, and I just let go of my controls and uh, let let the enemy team win. Damn, dude. So I was like, it no sucks. <laughs> I don't blame so, you. Yeah. Though. Like, you know, that's been my past couple weeks. <laughs> that reminds me of a story where you know my brother Travis and I like um, we drank a lot of energy drinks in high school, right? You know this, right? Yeah. And I remember um, one time we were hanging out with a, with a mutual friend of ours, uh, and he gave me some shit that was from a store called Super Supplements, which in America is like a, a large chain of like 
vitamin peddlers, I guess, right? And so the super supplements, they had this like weird red, orange red colored beverage that had a big warning label on it that was like, never drink more than 25% at a time. Never drink more than half in a day. I fucking chugged that shit, man. And uh, I was like on the ground. My heart was like pounding. I'm like, am I going to die? Luckily, oh, no. my friend had like, you know, like hospital grade lactose intolerance. And so he he packed Maalox in his backpack. That's like a lick. That's like a bail me out of lactose intolerance. No, not lactose intolerance. Acid reflux. Acid my reflux. Bad. I was, I was going to say, I, I literally, <laughs> I was like, I went to my mom because my grandfather used to have really bad heartburn yeah. like his whole life. So I was like, she's like, I don't know, Maalox, Rolaids, whatever the fuck. She's listening yeah, off a bunch of shit. Like this motherfucker had like a life threatening acid reflux problem in his youth and was like super skinny and like he carried Maalox in his backpack in high school. Like he, he's that kind of guy, right? So like yeah. he gave me some of that and I was good to go. But like I never touched that stuff again. I was like, fuck that. Like that's no. probably how you were feeling in your League of Legends match under all that stress yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, medical duress. Like fuck that. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm uh, glad you're still with us. <laughs> yeah, but uh, luckily New World was pretty cool, though, because as long as I didn't have PvP turned on, I could just fucking cru- cruise through and just do whatever the fuck I needed to. and Accomplish your goals. N- no and, stress, yeah. n- no nothing. It was pretty great. Yeah, so so tell me, New World, like, I think we've talked about it last time, but last time was like four fucking weeks ago. Is this the MMO of the future? Do, so, do I need to play it? <laughs> so there, there's a thing to mention about New World that I think... It's hard to say, and I think that uh, I think almost anyone that's trying to like throw like or be like cr- critical of, of it in a re- you know constructive or reasonable way, will will go kind of like both ways on it. So it is both a horrible fucking mess and a beautiful work of art at the same time, and that might sound weird, but it's probably the best way that you can explain it. So kind of sounds like hand, something you would say about Arcage back in the day. Maybe. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So it's like, on one hand, it's very in, in the negative side of things. It's very buggy. Um, you know, in some cases, it's just like, you know, Skyrim, Oblivion, Elder Scrolls mm-hmm. level buggy, where it's like kind of funny and meme and haha, no big deal. You know, and that's not game breaking. But then on other hands, there's like certain things about weapons that shouldn't be lasting forever that last forever, making them incredibly broken for no reason. Or uh, certain armor perks um instead of being really skewed the way they're supposed to they are broad uh, like one of them is supposed to stop critical damage from hitting you as hard but instead it stops all damage from hitting you as hard hmm. and that's before they apply armor bonuses and before they put on uh, percentage bonuses so it's a little so, janky right in the balance yeah and the and the design reminds me a little bit of hero craft because hero yeah, craft honestly is jank yeah <laughs> but then on, on the flip side and like the positive side like combat is incredibly smooth it, it it's uh, it's one of those moments where like there's a little bit of desyncing that happens but it's not enough to really ever really impact things in a negative way and usually it's mitigate mitigatable like you can just like mm-hmm. swap your weapons and usually that puts you back where you're supposed to be and you're like done instant and there's no negative repercussions re- repercussions of doing that um yeah no i, I think a, a good and i hate comparing things to dark souls trust me i I do but it genuinely feels like dark souls the mmo in a lot of ways not every way obviously there's quite a few differences but and they did that part of the game right i think and that's i think one of the cooler parts of it 
You know, um, I, I could tell the combat's pretty good because, you know, our, our friend Rick, also known as Two Raf Alvarez, also known as Rick from Melomancy, right? You know, he's been on our show before. Yeah. He's been playing it, and he was like, uh, what's the word? Corrupted by Black Desert Online. Like As many of us were. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> but, but he took it a step further and said, I'll never play a tab-targeting MMO again. Yeah. Right? And I do I blame him? No, not at all. Um. No, I mean, the future's there. I mean, look at BDO. It has probably some of the best graphics of, like, most video games. Mm-hmm. Has some of the best combat. Although, to be fair, it had a lot worse desyncing issues. Um, a lot of the time, you'd get hit by something that would, like, entirely whiffed on both screens. You know, like, the game was kind of jank in a lot of ways when mm-hmm. it came down to it. But still, when it worked, like, in 1v1s, it was very tight, very good. Yeah. So... And, and so if he's playing it, I know the combat's probably good because he's there for the combat and I, I have faith, right? Uh, so I, I've been thinking about playing it, but, um, and I feel like I, I should probably mention. So uh, I think in our last episode, I mentioned my, my long-term plan, right, for my PC. So I decided to skip out on the NVMe drives, the M.2s, right? Yeah. I decided to just reuse everything I had and to celebrate the launch Windows 11, I uninstalled Windows. <laughs> so, and it's funny because I was playing Splitgate last night uh, with some in real life friends of mine, you know, mutual friends of uh, my brother-in-law and I, right? And uh, he works in the tech industry in Seattle like I do. And he asked me a question. He's like, why do you use a Linux operating system when Windows subsystem for Linux exists and all the command line fuckery that you do with Linux can be done on Windows? And... I had to think about that question for a little bit. I didn't have a witty response. I was like, you know, it's personal preference. I actually like the experience of a Linux desktop because I, I don't actually know if I told this story on the podcast before. Maybe I have long ago. We've done the show for so many years straight, uh, despite being on episode, like, what, 40-something? Um, all the hiatuses we took, we, we've been on the show for some years now, right? And yeah. I think I mentioned in one of the earlier episodes that the first computer that was ever actually mine that I actually owned was a netbook that I bought with my own money working at a, like a local restaurant, bus and tables part-time on the weekends. Right. It was an Asus EEE PC that I bought in 2009. Right. 2009. <laughs> that was my first computer. I mean, I knew how to use windows from my stepdad's computer that he let me use every once in a while also the library computers at the local library and the slightly newer computers at my high school that had windows me and windows xp respectively right so i knew how those worked um the high school computers had windows me my stepdad's computer had windows xp right um so i played a couple of pc games that really stuck with me my dad also had a laptop that i used every once in a while that had windows xp right so i played like dune 2 dune 3 Command and Conquer, um, Soldier of Fortune, and SimCity 2000. I think that's like the extent of my PC gaming. And then later, Command and Conquer 3 on Windows XP. Crazy that XP was a thing when that game came out. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, fuck. I played Command that. and Conquer 3 on Windows XP. And also, MySpace and, you know, hitting on chicks. Like, that was a that was a MySpace thing, and I would go to the library for that. <laughs> Just because that's what we did in the, ni- or in the 2000s, right? It's millennial shit. I'm glad I got to skip that. Yeah, it wasn't like I wasn't around for that era, but yeah, your computer, MSN, yeah. and like AOL and shit were like way bigger. I know, and I, I didn't have kind of stuff, AOL so. or MSN because I didn't have my own computer. 
I had a MySpace profile and I would send effectively emails to people, right? Because yeah. that's just how MySpace worked. And um, I mostly accessed my MySpace from my PS3 and PlayStation Portable, PSP, right? Uh, because MySpace Mobile was a thing that they made for, like, dumb phones for, of old, right? And what their web browsers were capable of. It was grungy, but it worked, right? And um, it was all history from there. So my first computer that I finally got to myself was an Asus EEE PC with Windows 7 starter. I think I have told this story on the podcast before because Windows 7 starter you've mentioned is a piece of shit, right? Yeah. And it is. It you is can't, not, not, a, not good. You can't change your desktop background and you can't do a lot of shit because its only purpose is to sell Windows 7 to you separately, right? It's like, it's a, yeah. pre, it's like a preview and it's like, who fucking made this? That's why we always, uh, among our crowd at the time, we would... Um, I forget how the hell we did this, but we basically would hack a batch of keys and just hand them out to each other. Yeah, and like just pirate so, fuck it, it, right? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. We we just had like enterprise editions. Fuck it. It's like I, Easy, I, easiest I, one to get, I think, or something like yeah. a pack that way or something. I forget how it worked, but anyone who had to suffer through Windows Seven Starter, I have no doubt, would be driven to piracy. Like, who would pay for that? Oh, yeah. Holy shit! And there's no guarantee it'll work because that computer statistics on the computer were so like desolate right so um oren uh from our group well, i guess you could say he's from our group right uh, a real life friend of mine that has participated on this show um and in our you know melomancy community he installed ubuntu 9.04 on it and the rest is kind of history from there i learned the command line i learned how to install packages I learned how to install free and open source games that worked and emulate sort of the games that didn't. And a GNOME based, which is unfortunate because there's more to like, so with Linux, right? Like you can switch out your desktop environment, like a component, like any other thing. Right. So imagine windows seven, that's called windows arrow, A E R O arrow. That's Vista and seven. They have that. Right. 7 being the updated version. Windows 8 had an environment called Metro. That was the, the flat colors and all that shit, right? And the weird start menu. And then Windows 10 is like some other like combo of that, right? Those are called desktop environments. In Linux, that is just a component you switch out like the part in a car, right? And the, the part that I picked that I got familiar with was the default of Ubuntu, which is called GNOME, which is maintained by assholes. Uh, but it, it works, right? There are better desktop environments that I wish I was using, but I'm just, I'm using what I'm familiar with, right? And it got me through high school and it got me through college, right? Yeah. So back to my anecdote, right? Last night I was talking to a mutual friend of my brother-in-law and I, right? A real life friend. And I I told him it's more familiar to me than Windows because my first computer had Linux and that's just what I'm used to, right? Windows is the foreign one, right? Like Windows 10, like I would only turn it on to play video games with you guys, right? Just because I knew they'd be mm. compatible and they worked with my NVIDIA graphics card, which is a 1070. And it, I have a nice computer and Windows was fine, but like it felt foreign. Like it was like a window, a lifelong Windows user trying to use a Mac, right? That's how I felt using Windows. Could you imagine? Like, yeah. That, oh yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've had that same transition. It was uncomfortable. Mac, I mean, so yeah it just feels weird it, it, yeah it's like you can look at the things and you can kind of be like okay i kind of understand what's going here but 
but it's like I don't, uh, I'm not efficient at this at all, right? Like yeah, I know exactly. a few keyboard shortcuts. I know Windows E. I know Control Shift Escape and Windows key arrows. Like I've had to work on a Windows computer before, and I do tech support for my dad because he's old, right? It's fine. Um, yeah, not my preference, not what I want. And I was I was tired. I was like I decided to take a stand. I'm like you know what, if a video game doesn't run well in Linux, I probably don't need to be playing it. Like I. Um, am experiencing wealth right now, and what I mean by that is, you know, I'm a debt, I'm a debt slave still, right? But my life is kind of on the up and up, right? The pandemic has been very good to me, right? I've gotten promotions, raises, right? I have job security, I have reputational security, right? I have contacts in other companies that want me to work for them if something happened to me, right? Like I have unprecedented financial security that I did not have before. Right. Yeah. Which has enabled me to build wealth, which has enabled me to buy things like I bought Destiny, a new computer. It was a pre-built with a 3060 in it and Windows. 10. I mean, that's the only way you can get a graphics card in general. That's why I did it. Time, so. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's why I did it. Um, So I got the unfortunate her... of the situation. Yeah. But and it's a it's an NXT computer or NZXT. And so it has like a it's yeah. really tiny. It's got like a tall like. Uh, one of their fancy cases it's like what's the word it's not a cylinder but it's square but it's tall oh whatever the fuck that's called i'm an engineer i know what this is right no uh, (laughs) i got her a tiny case pc it's loud as fuck uh because it's tiny right but it's got a 3060 in it we put it in the living room inside a cabinet we open the cabinet when we use it right it's in the living room not at her desk. I bought a Valve Index <laughs> and hooked it up on her computer in the living room. <laughs> I have full room VR. <laughs> That's pretty beefy. It's fucking sick, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, it has been such a positive experience. Because, like, I remember having VR at, when I lived with my brother-in-law while I was saving money. Because I was poor, if you remember, right? Like, I made good. Yeah. I made good money, but I was in so much debt, I couldn't do anything with it. So I live with my brother-in-law. The experience is pretty good. Like, I, I, I miss him. I, I kind of miss it sometimes because we play a lot of video games at night. You probably saw me logging into, like, Call of Duty and shit. Right? I mean, I, I played a little bit with you guys, too. And, and sometimes we took you along. Yeah, it was fun. And that was what I did last night. I played Splitgate with him and some friends. Like, it was fucking awesome. I kind of miss, you know, playing in the same room. Like, it was a good experience. But, you know, uh, my, my stay. I know that feeling. Yeah, my, my <laughs> stay with him and his family had a purpose. And that purpose was to save money and buy my own house and get out of debt because I kind of borrowed from my future and I needed to expedite the future. And to expedite the future, I, you know, I live with him. I paid very little. I still paid him rent, right? But it was very little. Um, I paid my debts off. Um, paid my credit cards off. Um, they're still paid off. I mean, I got a little bit on one card, but that's uh, that's because I bought a Valve Index, right? And uh, next paycheck, it'll be paid off. Like, no problem. And then I'm debt-free once again. Which, that's that unprecedented financial security I'm talking about, right? Like, I get paid pretty good, right? But if something happened to my job and I had to go find another one, maybe a shittier one, or maybe one that's perhaps better but doesn't pay as good, like, I'm not in a crazy amount of debt that I need to go pay. Like, I could take a pay cut. I could survive a pay cut, right? And live happily because I don't have credit card debt. And my car is half paid off and uh, some other shit that's in the works, right? So, like, yeah. unprecedented financial security. 
made possible by all the decisions that I made. So yeah, I bought a Valve Index, right? I, it was a nice little reward, I think. Um, my kids thought it was funny. They haven't tried it yet, uh, but Wait, really? I, I came really, funny. I came really close to punching one in the face because uh, I was playing Ooh. super. I was playing super hot. And Good old was, domestic abuse. I was trying Love to it. throw ninja stars at the at the super hot bad guys, and uh, my younger son, he's two, he like runs in front, and then everyone in the room is like, no, 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 get him, stop him, and it's like I, I freeze and die, and I'm like, what's happening? And because uh, I can't fucking see, and they're like, oh, you know, the little uh, the, the 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 younger of the two is in front of you, right? Um, obviously they said his name, but you know. Upset, uh, but the younger of the two, you know, the little kids in front of you, and it's like, oh fuck, okay, uh, I'll wait, <laughs> get him out of here, <laughs> put him in the chair over there so you can watch. Um, and but they they did watch, you know, both kids, and they, they thought it was really entertaining, and that was cool. And it came with a little back strap for the back of your head, so like my older son, who's four, uh, you know, he could play, right? He hasn't asked, and we haven't done it yet, but he could play. Right now, the only game he plays, like besides the, the weird touchscreen games on his tablet, which he plays many, many. I got, I got him a little tablet from Amazon, right? Starting him on the gotcha early, I see. Uh-huh. It, <laughs> some of those are kind of like gotcha games, but you can't spend money on them, uh, which is yeah, fine. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then, but uh, I got him playing Burnout Paradise. Because it's like, I mean, unless I tell him how to trigger a race, there's no objective. It's just an open city that you can drive in and do Burnout stuff right and then i'll purposely set him up with a slow car and he'll just keeps him entertained like it's fun watching him like learn how to use a controller and figure out this is how you go forward backward like i haven't told him the names of the buttons he can't read yet so he's four like he knows what the letters are right he doesn't know how to make words he he'll learn that in school next year which is, I mean, that's the same thing, mm-hmm. honestly, same thing for me when I was a kid. I, I learned how to use a Game Boy before I learned how to read. Yeah. So. It's like, oh, it's it's this button. This button is confirmed. That's the case on every game. Like, how do I not know that? Like, Yeah. And, I mean, that that's why, um, even though I don't really like Pokemon as, like, a, a game anymore, I don't really like team-building JRPG stuff. It's not really my thing. It's one of the reasons why I've been hesitant with, like, uh, SMT mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. But, like, although I think contextually uh, that's probably a lot more different than Pokemon, but point. Um, I mean, not really. Like, one inspired the other, so. I guess that's fair. But either way, though, is like I, all the dialogue on screen, though. I couldn't read it. I didn't know <laughs> what the fuck anyone was saying. I know what the story was, but I was interested. I'm like, oh, well, it's there. It's got to be important, right? I'm like, what the fuck right. does it say? So it was my motivation. Literally, Pokemon was what motivated me as a kid. I think I didn't learn to read until like grade one i think even kindergarten i didn't even really pick it up yeah, like it wasn't start. until i had the motivation to learn that's what i that helped with me too like i really picked up learning or learning i really picked up learning. i picked up reading in uh like, i mean that's not a bad thing that's not a bad phrase phrasing it's yeah. just not what you meant to say <laughs> I, I picked up reading in like first grade and um it was because i was playing video games right and i needed to know what they were fucking saying and yep. I learned to read really fast, but I still don't enjoy reading books. I, I still don't. I have a really hard time getting through a book. Like, audiobooks have been very good to me because I can listen to an audiobook just like I can listen to a podcast, just like I can listen to uh, a fucking video essay on YouTube, right? Yeah. Um, that's fine. But reading a book is like cancer to me. It's like, I don't want to do this. I hate it. 
and school made me do it, and I hate it. But, like... I think that's why I've been scoring on books, too. Yeah. Video games, though, like, uh, I could tell you the plot in great detail of Armored Core, because I played 500 hours in it, because I replayed it, like, 10 times, right? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, you know, thinking about that, I won't get into the rant, because it's, it's deep, and there's a lot of... Weird shit I have to go down that nobody needs to fucking hear. Honestly, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll save you guys. Just just trust me when I say the lovely bones, dog shit book, horrible subject matter. Don't know what the fuck they were thinking when they wrote that book. Anyways, husband, um, I think because I was so scorned by like everything school forced me to read except for like one book. One book was I think it was like called the Chrysalis or something like that. It ended up being a pretty decent mm-hmm. book. I was like, okay, this is, this is entertaining. I, this is interesting. But the rest of them were horrible made me like lose sleep and shit sometimes and then i'm thinking back and like yeah i was forced to read a bunch of books i don't give a fuck about or i ended up giving mm-hmm. too much of a fuck about and hating <laughs> so yeah i think yeah. That, I, was, I never really thought about it like that but yeah I, I can't read a book either i sit down to try and read and i just i mean Shy aside from my own yeah. adhd problems that have met you know but Either way. But you know what's weird is like I will happily sit down and spend thirty minutes reading a really long fucking article. Same uh, on like medium, like scrolling on my phone, no problem. Yeah. And it's like, is this not reading? Like <laughs> why can I do this and not flip pages in a book? Like, I don't get it. Maybe maybe uh, you know, books made of paper is just an outdated concept. Books made of paper is a, a thing that CGP Gray says on his podcast. Because he, he's a big yeah, fan fair. of like Kindle digital books. Right. Honestly, I don't see a difference in like the medium aside from the fact that you don't have to hold a fucking book open mm-hmm. or use a bookmark. Everything's electronic and easier. Why? Yeah. I don't. I never understood the the. Obviously, it's less and less a thing as time goes on, but like I never understood the stigma. I guess I'm trying to think of the word to use behind something like that. Like I know my dad's kind of like that. He he'd rather technology like left, even though he's a fan of video games and a fan of movies and shit. But like. He always says, he's like, oh, if we didn't have it, life would be better. I'm like, I don't know if that's true. I think it's literally the exact opposite in most right. cases. It's like, you know, I, I, I'm really skeptical of technology too, right? And um... I mean, there's there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of negatives to it too, I will admit. Just just for the, you know, the sake of saying that I'm not like all, all on this train, but like, either mm-hmm. way. Yeah, it would be crazy to, to think of modern society without technology. But like, at the same time, there's, there's so much wrong like uh technology enables bad people to do bad things at scale that's the problem right yeah like, there's a reason our show is not on youtube right though there's lots of money in it for us if we did it probably um maybe yeah it just means that we i mean it's not like we honestly i feel like on the youtube side of things maybe a few of our episodes would get hit here and there yeah, like so like nothing major. But the issue is that then we have to play by those rules. Right, right now we don't. Right now we don't. We can say whatever we want. I can look at the camera and say Tiananmen Square Massacre. Hello? <laughs> and it's fine. Yeah. We're not going to get stricken from the platform. Right? I mean, exactly. iTunes might do something. I have not checked our status on iTunes. I'm pretty sure we're still up. Uh... <laughs> but We're sorry, iTunes. It was a joke. Right. If we get kicked off <laughs> iTunes, I would not even bat an eye. Like we're on so many platforms, we're on Spotify. Who uses iTunes anymore? Like, and I, a I, lot I don't of say people. That to be mean. I don't say that to be mean, but like, I know almost every one of my Apple friends that you know owned every fucking iPod, still owns all the iPhones, and I think the only time they ever use iTunes is on their phone. 
If they listen to music anywhere else, it's Spotify, uh, YouTube, or fuck. Uh, there's another platform I can't think of off the head. I know some of my friends use uh, fucking VPNs to use Pandora mm-hmm. still. So that might Shit be a like Canadian that, though, right? thing. I don't know because like in America, maybe like, I, I know some Apple fans that like are are real big fans and they'll happily use iTunes and they'll they'll pay for the subscription, which is Spotify like, right? Uh, where you could just listen to whatever, and uh, iTunes is like the one of the bigger uh, repositories of podcasts. Um, but that that's besides the point because podcasting is still a very free medium. Like, there's a reason why I get a cathartic experience from doing it, right? And yeah. even if nobody listened to our show, I would still make it, right? Because it, it feels good, and there are free and open source tools out there to get a hold of our show, like Podfriend which is made by somebody, I forget his name, uh, who is like tangentially related to the No Agenda podcast, which is a very, one of the world's most popular podcasts, right? Um, But it's not listed anywhere. It's like, it's a weird case, right? Because like, if you think most popular podcasts in the world, you probably think like Joe Rogan, right? Because he's like number one on like every fucking platform. I think as far as like metrics are are Mm -hmm. concerned, Joe's is the highest most times yeah but you're right he's definitely not the only one but the no agenda uh podcast right like they are donation only get our audio files and our show from our site um no ads no sponsor donate only if you want not gonna pay well anything and they are like very profitable right they they have a lot of listeners they have meetups right like um, they have a Mastodon instance. Uh, more on that later, right? Um, like, they, oh, yeah. They are self sufficient <laughs> to the core, right? Um, you could ban uh, Adam Curry on Twitter, and they, he wouldn't even bat an eye. I, he might not even be on Twitter anymore. Like, um, that's the reason why they have a Mastodon instance, because he doesn't like Twitter, right? Um, not because he doesn't like microblogging, because that's what Mastodon is, right? But because Twitter is, you know corrupted <laughs> it's like diet facebook facebook's bad it's really really hard to, to go on twitter and exist even though technically it's like the most neutral platform and i say the most not that it is mm-hmm. um <laughs> well the mainstreams for sure right yeah exactly um i don't know it's it's weird i i mean most recent thing that's happened on twitter that's been really fucking annoying is um a guy that i watched for i think you probably watched him a little bit too through uh from genshin mm-hmm. tectone getting canceled for like the stupidest thing. oh he i said love waifu. tectone dude he's so funny he said <laughs> waifu in a tweet and people dragged him for that like That's thousands so upon thousands of people it's like, like are these people said waifu. Like, aren't you like 30 or 40 and he's like i'm 27 he's <laughs> like one i'm 27 and two i i make money playing genshin impact like are you serious? Like, people are just—it's one of those moments where, like, obviously, I don't think any of these people believe what they're saying. They'd have to be literally delusional and insane. I, yeah, like, why but, cater to these people? Why do Ridiculous. they? Why do they even exist in the first place? God damn, dude, it's awful. I mean, a lot of the Tumblr people had to go somewhere, I guess. So I can always, I can always lean on that for some solace, I guess. But <laughs> like, those people piss me off. Those are the same kind of people that will shit on people for depicting uh, Middle Eastern uh, characters in media uh, with light skin. 
Like, have oh you ever God, seen yeah. like Iran? Do you know what the people in Iran look like? Do you re- like? <laughs> they're they, yeah. They can not always, but they can be quite pale, right? Middle the Middle East is a diverse place. They're not all like brown. Like that's offensive. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. Think about it. A lot of those areas, while sure they've never really like had as much intermingling as say like the West, but mm-hmm. they are next door to like Europe. Yeah, which is probably one of the more diverse like continents and on the planet. This is something I see a lot. <laughs> it always with, has um, been really. This is something a criticism I see on places like TikTok and Twitter uh, of. Uh, Mexicans, right? Because when you go to like the southern areas of Mexico, like Mexico City, right, you get a pretty diverse range of skin color, right? Um, yeah. So when you see like um, a slightly tan uh, blonde woman who is speaking Spanish and is from Mexico, it's like, oh, that that's only the case because of like Spanish colonization, right? And it's like, okay, maybe, right? But you say the same shit about Iran, right? <laughs> And that bothers yeah, the, me deeply. Yeah, I remember when the Spanish uh, went to Iran, too. Yeah, they, they weren't, <laughs> right? Iran was the heart of the Persian Empire, an empire yep. that was more vast than you can fucking comprehend, right? Um, rivaling Rome. Yeah, they were kind of king shit for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, Iran is a first well, world country. Areas. They're still king shit, right? Like, it is a first world country. A lot of people will conflate Iran with Iraq, and it'll be like, well, Iraq, that's that, that weird country we uh, America invaded. And it's like, well, yes, but Iran is not the same fucking place. Exactly. They're like us, right? Like, they have, like, highways and shit, like, and technology and companies and skyscrapers, and it's not what they think, right? And so these same critics, I'll call them critics, right? We'll, we'll go on places like Twitter and they'll get mad at, at like Genshin Impact, right? Because there are characters that are already in the game, NPCs that are from an area based on the Middle East, right? I forget the name. Yeah. Sumeru? Su- Sumeru, yeah. yeah. Like, we've already met NPCs that are from this region of the game called Sumeru that are supposed to be based on Middle East and they're pale slash white, right? But like, there are people with that skin complexion in Iran. Like, Honestly, uh, I like we already know that there will be a lot of like darker skin people too. Like it's it's already been like hinted at. Like um, the the poster character for the for the area has brown skin. Yeah, there's a villain. Yeah, and there's a villain from the manga. Well, they're I mean, both those characters from the manga really, but uh, exclusive to the manga though, there was the, a villain character that had brown skin too. And it's just like we know they exist. I don't know why people are pretending like it's it's right. just going to be like two brown skinned people and then a bunch of white people. And, and you know what? Honestly, I'm at a point where even if that were the case, uh, it's probably not even on. You know, Mahoyo probably isn't doing it for any reason to be fucking harmful or a dickhead mm. like these people would would you know try to make you believe. It's probably just because in China it wouldn't go over well. <laughs> right? It's marketing, and it is a Chinese. They company. are a company. They need to make money. Yeah. Moyo's been pretty progressive for a Chinese company, too. Within the limits of their government, of course. Yeah, I mean, people are confused on how their games are even going to exist right now because of the new uh, regulations in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, like, the the no gay people in media thing is starting to boil over into uh, video games now, too. Mm-hmm. So the main heroines of Honkai, who are, I think, I, I want to say they're canon lesbians. I've heard that everywhere, and I had the same opinion when I played the game. Like it was pretty fucking blatant, mm-hmm. so it's hard. I I can't tell if it's like bias or what. So I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I suppose, but um, 
But yeah, so I mean, like that's not allowed anymore, right? But uh, do they retroactively have to change that? Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. And it, it but... upsets me more, like uh, Mahoyo being a Chinese company, right? Like uh, people will take like the worst parts of the Chinese Communist Party, which are rotten to the core, by the way, uh, and they'll yeah. just think, oh, all Chinese companies and people think that it's like that's bullshit. Like no, they nah, don't. It's mostly just Tencent. <laughs> mo- mo- mostly just Tencent. Just because a couple Netties companies corroborate is, the yeah. story doesn't mean it's everybody, right? Like that's like a, a ridiculous fucking belief. Yeah, Mahoyo right? has done some things that I'm actually surprised they didn't get fired for. Like, yeah, if you go to if you go to Genshin, you can see Hong Kong. Well, it doesn't say Hong Kong it says HK, but like everyone knows what the fuck that means, and it's just right there, and they're they're region mm. list. Same with Taiwan, TW, right. They acknowledge it's it. It's just like it's there, and it's like, isn't that supposed to get him in trouble? And, and maybe yeah, that's just certain... maybe that's propaganda. Maybe that's just me misunderstanding how yeah. Chinese citizens are held accountable for acknowledging Taiwan. But like, it, we've seen so many public apologies from Americans and Chinese just expats mentioning that Taiwan, mention not even Taiwan. mentioning it as its own country, just yeah. mentioning it. So it's like what drives it's hard people to, believe. to make that. It's hard to believe. Yeah, because like I've also heard some rumors. Over the, you know, I say rumors because there's no way for me. I'm not Chinese. I can't confirm this or mm. deny this or whatever, right? But like, I've also heard that like the Tian- Tiananmen Square thing is they they silence people not so they don't talk about it at all, but they silence it during its period of, of when it happened, so that people don't like make fun of or shit on or do anything like negative to the people that were affected by it at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? In a weird, warped communist, I ideal that china's got going on i I could i could see it i could see that Mm -hmm. but obviously knowing how much they censor shit to cover their own ass wouldn't surprise me if that were still the case you know it's just like it's hard to tell yeah it's easier just to like you know ask ask a chinese friend like they'll tell you (laughs) yeah honestly yeah there's no need to assume shit um not sure how uh talking about my linux desktop experience has led us here but how does anything lead us anywhere i know i know but before we move on i I just gotta say a couple of observations that i've made right before i forget so the linux desktop right um installing games is way easier than it was the last time i went full-time linux and like i had linux the whole time like i never actually went full-time windows i just dual booted right yeah this show melamance podcast has always been produced on linux I've never done... Uh, the one time I did it on Windows, the episode got corrupted. It was a sign. <laughs> a sign from above. That's kind of funny, right? Um, so with um, with Linux, right? Like, I, um, I've i always produced a show on Linux, and so I'm like, I'm full-time Linux now. Let's see how many games will work. Now, I didn't, like, go out of my way to try games that I know are not going to work, like Planet Side 2. Like, they have an anti-cheat thing that just borks it, Right. It's not gonna work. I wonder how hard it would be to ask them to add like a weird exception. I I wonder. Uh, I don't think they'll do it because I know they're understaffed and underpaid, right? Um, but Destiny has a new computer. I could just play it on there if we start playing it hardcore again, right? That's fair. Yeah. But we're not playing it hardcore right now, so yeah. We we logged in the other night, but it was only because New World <laughs> New World went down earlier than we expected. That's kind of funny. It's like I, I'm there though. Like I don't want to quit Planet Side Two, but right now it doesn't work on my computer. Um, it's not like you're missing anything in the meanwhile either. Not so. really. No. Alternatively, like if we get really into it and we, I, I need to be there. Like I could resubscribe to GeForce now for ten bucks a month, and I could just play it in a web browser. 
Easy. Like, it would work. Um, and that works on Linux. Like, like cloud gaming works pretty well. Um, Honestly, that's probably the most promising thing about cloud gaming is the fact that it's you're not you're no longer going to be limited by platform. Yeah, or hardware. Like, uh, yep. why buy a graphics card when you can pay ten bucks a month to have the best graphics card? I still think I'd prefer to not use it, but the fact that it exists for people who need it is yeah is the biggest boon, right? I get that. Like, I uh, think that's why Stadia kind of mm-hmm. failed. They were trying to push it as like a platform. It's like this is something you would use as a competitor to like Steam, and I'm like. Not quite. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite how that's going to go, I don't think. It's like but... I, I played Cyberpunk 2077 with Destiny, the sec- my second playthrough, right? Yeah. On GeForce Now, in my living room, on my Amazon Fire Stick, right? Uh, with a controller. Because I really wanted her to experience the game because the story was 10 out of 10. The whole game's 10 out of 10 if it runs out of your computer. Like, you got to play it sometime, Victim. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's, on, it's on my, my short list. Like, I am shook to the core by the quality of that game. Um, bugs aside, I, I ran into only a couple, um, but there, it was nothing serious. Um, but people talk about the game like it's the worst thing ever, and I hate that. Uh, but besides the point, like, uh, it was cloud gaming that enabled me to play it in the living room. Um, and it wasn't bad, but GeForce Now, you, you simply, um, what happens is they, they launch a virtual computer for you. You connect to it remotely. It launches Steam Big Picture and logs in as you. Right, and all your games are there, uh, pre-installed, uh, because the the computer that you spin up has a bunch of shit installed, and you can only play the games that you have unlocked on Steam. That's a weird loophole, and it also works on Epic games. Like the, if you buy it on there, it's the same treatment, right? Um, uh, that, that's a decent way to do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. With Stadia, they were trying to compete with Steam. You buy games full price, and it's like, yeah, connect to Stadia, stream them all you want and it's still your game and it's like i mean that's kind of cool but i wasn't about to buy cyberpunk twice <laughs> yeah exactly it, it that, that was honestly the biggest thing about it that I, I looked at it and i was like this will never work it's like why am i gonna buy a game twice if i like even if i bought a game on steam and it fucking like didn't run i'd just wait till i upgraded my pc i mean i literally own mm-hmm. I, I think i own still own both the sticks games i might be wrong on that but i think i do still own both the games are pretty and good. i i couldn't run them because my graphics card used to bork out all the time on certain games, and that, like 30 minutes in, it would crash and I'd lose all my data. So okay. I was like, okay, whatever. I can't refund it. I already tried too much, played it too much, whatever. Um, I can play it now. I, I don't. I don't feel scorned at all. But if I had to buy it a second time because I realized it didn't work on Steam, and now I have to go buy it on Stadia, it's like, well, fuck that. GeForce Now exists, and I could just play the game I already fucking bought. Yeah, and it works on your phone, like. Yeah. Get a Razer Kishi. That's what I did. That controller is pretty sick, right? Um, works like fucking magic right on your phone. Can we can we talk about how Razer has like stopped dropping the ball in the recent years? Yeah, like I'm wondering, like right, I'm pretty happy with my mouse right now, right? Like, I got the I've got the the glorious. Oh, I pressed. A that's button. a beautiful keyboard. By I the just way. pressed a button that ruined the stream. No, that's okay. We're back. <laughs> I have a Clone Hero profile on here and a hockey. No, besides oh. so. This is the glorious GMMK mechanical keyboard, right? The glorious branded mouse pad, right? It's even got the dude with yeah. the beard and the swoopy hair, right? And then the glorious mouse uh, with the super lightweight holes in the chassis. 
Uh, I don't have a glorious mouse pad. I wanted the like desk wide soft one, but I ended up going with the. I want to get a desk wide hard one. I got really badly. The for if you're getting a hard one, I think one that's like pretty big but still like mouse only is okay. Because if I put my keyboard on this thing and started typing, it would be loud as fuck. <laughs> yeah, but I'd, I'd be fine with that. I, my issue I have right now is my my mouse pad half goes under my keyboard, mm-hmm. and it slides forwards and brings the pad with it until it's at a very annoying like position. I have to remove everything all the fucking time. If I had a hard mm-hmm. one, I wouldn't have to do that. It would be a lot better, I think. At least I don't know. Yeah, but it, it's all right. Uh, Razor though, right? Like if if I wasn't happy with my peripherals, like I think I would I would ditch Corsair, who I was previously loyal to, right? Like I had a, a Corsair mouse, it broke. I was really sad about it. Destiny has a Corsair keyboard. It's still nice, right? Um, I don't think I'll ever buy a Corsair again. Like if I want not glorious, I'm probably gonna go with Razor. Like they they did stop dropping the ball. Yeah, Kinda like nice. uh, a good example, and this is really old and kind of gross mouse now because it's very old. But um, I, I was I was loyal to Logitech for the longest time, and I don't know where I put it. It's around here somewhere. But I have I I, I used to, I had two headsets from them that were just broke out the fucking gate, mm-hmm. and it was their software that was broken, nothing else, and they refused to fix it. And every time I would try to like ask them for help, they were like. Oh, did you try these fixes? I'm like, yes, I've already been here. I've already asked. I'm here again because those didn't work. And like, oh, would you like to put in a warranty request? I'm like, no, it's your software. Your software doesn't work. It's borking out. And they're like, oh, there's nothing we can do. It's like, god damn it. I I hated it so much. And (laughs) so I'm just never going to go back. It's like, all right, your shit doesn't work. Uh, Why would I buy it? Why would I keep wasting hundreds of dollars for nothing? Yeah. Uh, And then I bought this thing, the Razer Kraken Tournament Edition. Uh, which I think is actually discontinued now. I think I bought it just on the cusp of being discontinued, but it's a USB uh, headset, which I need because my sound card's poop. And so I, I used to, I do, what do they call that? Like virtual sound cards or whatever? Yeah, so, a software-based uh, sound card. That's um, yeah. what you get with the USB audio. So it's like, this was this is perfect. It's, it's, it's super loud. It's beyond loud. But if I manage my audio fine, it's beautiful and that works well for fucking i love that for music so it's it's been probably my favorite headset i've ever owned for sure. and i remember the last time i bought from razor i bought a mouse that died literally upon like plugging it in it was doa basically wow so it's like yeah, there's a reason why i didn't buy razor mm-hmm. for the longest time and now i really badly want to fucking crack it like mm-hmm. I, I keep looking at them i'm like ooh, i don't really get 100 bucks to spend on a mouse right now but i fucking want one your next mouse will probably be a razor, but you're gonna wait for probably, yeah. the inevitable mouse death. That um, way, I can just because uh, I have a Logitech keyboard here. This actually works really well. Uh, yeah, but I'd rather just get rid of it all. Just yeah, I don't blame you. Also, Razer makes uh, keyboards like mine. Like uh, you can't tell because you can't see the numbers, but um, so you know, this row here, the top. Yeah, these are the numbers. I don't have function keys, like. Count the I don't rows. know if I could, I, two, three, I, I don't four, know if I could function without without function keys. What do you use but... them for? What do you need them for? Really? Well, right now, so the big <laughs> thing I use my function keys for is F12, you know, screenshot button. Mm-hmm. Mostly because Steam, but uh, F1, I will sometimes I'll change it. In some games, it already is uh, my confirmation button for menus, so that it's just out of the way. And I can use other buttons for other things. So, like, sometimes I'll rebind my E, my F keys in certain games mm-hmm. to be something. 
and then I uh, will make my confirmation button F1 instead and okay. stuff like that. Um, and then, uh, you know, some games are like Minecraft always had shit bound to it. So mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know. I, I, I've just, I have no problem reaching up and hitting them. So I always use them as extra buttons. It took me a little bit of time to get used to it. So this keyboard, right? I have a function key right here. If I hold the function key down and press any of the numbers, I get the function version. Yeah, so you got basically the laptop yeah. thing But going that's on. hard to do. But if I hold down the function key and I press caps lock, these two keys switch only for caps lock, right? So That's not bad. That's the first thing I do when I log in if it's not remembered because my computer was off for too long. And then if I need to do like F1 or F5, like it's caps lock 5. Like I can one hand that. Easy, right? Yeah, and who the fuck needs caps lock? Fucking nobody. Can you, <laughs> Dream used to use that as his push to talk button. I'm like, how in the fuck? Like, how? Like, you're going to be caps locking to people all the fucking time, dude. Yeah. Like, maybe he turned yeah. it off on his so. on his Windows machine to make it a dumb Yeah, button. I guess you can do that. Nah, nah, I think about it, but... I think you can do that. I had a piece of software on my Windows I know machine. you can turn your Windows button off. I've, I've heard of people yeah. doing that. So. Well, I mean, I Probably. use it, like, for Linux. Oh, right? me too. My Windows <laughs> button is a, is a boon. I, I use it all tab from games instead of all tabbing. I need to get a different key for the Windows icon. Get that Windows icon out of here because I'm not on Windows. But you know, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so you could probably get a Linux keycap. That's got to exist. Easy. This this keycap didn't even come. This keycap set didn't come with a keyboard. I bought it separate. <laughs> and I could easily get another. No, but um, so Linux gaming uh, TLDR has been pretty good. Like uh, I'm I've been playing Warframe. I got some in real life friends that want me to help build their clan up. So I, I logged in as Destiny, made her the clan leader, and then um, I left our clan. I promise it's temporary um, to help them build up theirs. Uh, we're not playing the game right now as a group, honestly. Like, Hydro's the only one that's logged in in the last 1,000. Oh, Hydro and Haxon are the only ones that have logged in in the last 1,000 days. They've been, maintaining, they've been maintaining our guild, too, is the funny thing. Yeah, like multiple years, 1,000 days. Those are the only two that log in. So. I can play Warframe perfectly fine now is the funny thing. I just yeah. have very little motivation because I'm so far behind. I know. And it's like, I'm I'm far behind too. So like, I'm talking to my, my old coworkers who are, I'm playing the game with now. I've only played a couple times with them. But like, they have all these goals, right? Like they have a Railjack built and I'm like, oh, I need to do that. I need to build a Railjack. And then like, I need to, what was that noise? I heard a Discord notification, but I don't know what that was. I was tagged in something, and I don't fucking see it. All right. Yeah, I when the, that happened to me the other night. I don't know where the fuck it was. I'm like, oh, there's a Discord I don't have muted. I know I yeah, have. Yeah, and then uh, Discord pushed out some silent update that wasn't in their patch notes where all your fucking DMs are on the server list, and it's like, that's dumb. Why'd you do that, Discord? <laughs> Did you see that? I, I've always had it that way. For or Well, for a little bit. Not always, I guess. But... It's really annoying sometimes, especially when I have like a ton of them. Because mm -hmm. I just come back to a fucking massive list, and it's like, man, come on. Yeah, it's super annoying. I'd rather that. just be like one tab comes down, mm -hmm. and then it like splits the same way that the whatevers. And if I have multiple of them, just have it like have it like a, a second notification on it, like a blue notification that shows me how many people message me or something. It's like that is so much easier, so much more manageable to my eyeballs. Yeah. But, you know, I don't trust Discord to make good decisions, but we're stuck with it until something better comes along. I'm looking. My eyes are fucking peeled, but we're not there yet. <laughs> but once something better comes along, I'll be the first to tell you. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it ain't happening. Um, So, I, I tried Warframe. It works great. 
Uh, I launched a bunch of other games. I didn't play them for very long, but every game that I tried, except for I Divine Cybermancy, it's unfortunate. Which worked. wouldn't work on my Windows machine either. So. Right, that game is kind of jank, right? But like, I tried Endless Legend, Endless Space, Splitgate. Splitgate's actually native. Like, I didn't have to emulate shit. It just works. Yeah. Um, apparently, the Master Chief Collection works too. But like, that's another thing that my my friends from real life. Uh, I, I talked to them about Halo yesterday, right? Because like. Uh, one of them mentioned, yeah, Splitgate's just tied me over until Halo Infinite's out, and it's real. Not just the closed beta, right? Or, or I guess it's an open beta, but um, I don't know if I agree, because, like, I have the Master Chief Collection. Both my brother-in-law and our m- mutual friends love Halo, right? You yeah. love Halo. Hydro loves Halo. We got friends that love Halo. We've never fucking played it on PC. I just, I think I may have mentioned this on the podcast probably multiple times. I just have no motivation for it anymore. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I know the moment I sit down, I'll fucking love it. I just, mm-hmm. taking that jump, I've been having a real fucking hard time with it. I think, to me, I can't separate it in my mind from console experience. Like, Halo, to me, is a console experience, controller in hand. And yeah, you can plug a fucking controller into your computer. Yeah, but then you're just gimping yourself at that point. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's like... I think that's part of it for me, but also I played Reach, I played four, I looked at five, I didn't like them, and mm-hmm. so it's like a part of sc- there's part of me is scorned a little bit, you know. It's right. like I know three is still going to be the thing I fucking loved and put you know five thousand hours into. Two is still going to be that game I, I that I grew up with, you know. It's like, and then one I, I liked one, but I played it after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's still going to be, but there's still going to be there, right? It's still going to be. Probably exactly what I want. Those are still positive memories, and the remakes are good. Like, yeah. So I, I, it's still in the books. I'm still planning to, on console, not PC, do couch co-op with Destiny through Master Chief Collection, one through all of them. Do order. it. It'll be so fun. It's gonna be awesome. I, we haven't started yet because um, I'm gonna play through Near Replicant first, uh, which I've been doing, yep. and that game is amazing. You need to play it. Um, did you beat the original near Gestalt back in the day? No, we. I think I got like a quarter of the way through the game. Well, I got to even like better. Like you should play. I got, I got to like the first major boss where it was like it started to have the bullet hell elements. Oh yeah, yeah, and the town made of bridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like the like where we. I think it was a little bit after that we stopped, but that's like the fir- the biggest thing I remember. You gotta try it, dude. So, so in near replicant, right? It's a remake of the Japanese version, replicant with one new ending. I haven't gotten it yet, uh, and I'm not spoiled on it. Uh, which is great, uh, but near replicant, right? Like um, the Japanese version didn't have an English dub, so they gave it an English dub. The the English voice actors from Gestalt reprised their roles, except the main character, who is the young protagonist rather than the the dad protagonist, right? Yep. Though there was some DLC for the original game, where if you are playing the dad version and you play this DLC, you become the brother version, right? And so in this one, and the reverse was true in the other game. That DLC is now part of the game as an optional thing you can do. And you can play as Papa Nier in there, right? And I think that guy reprises his role. Um, I think. Uh, but the, they got Zach Aguilar to play young Nier. Yep. Right? And it, he is not a silent protagonist. He talks a lot, right? He is a beautiful voice actor. He is so good in the role. Like, this role was made for him. And you got to play it for him. Like it's so good. It's it. I was taken aback by just how much because I was I'm used to Zach Aguilar 
playing characters that don't speak very much, like the main character from Genshin, and also like other yeah. roles that he's been in, right? Uh, like the villain in P5 Strikers, that second boss or whatever, right? Like great speaking lines, very few, right? Um, but like in the main character role where he's doing like idle chats and optional dialogue and the main dialogue and it's not a silent protagonist, like it's the fucking shit, dude. You need to try it. And then yeah. after the time skip, which you know there's a time skip, right? It's not as obvious yeah. when you're playing his dad near because he doesn't look any different. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm familiar with it. Uh, There's a time skip, and you know, teenage yeah. brother near becomes uh like adult brother near, and then he's played by fucking Ray Chase. Oh, even better! Fucking ten out of ten, dude. Like you get like two great performances from the two of them, and it's like the shit, and I love it. And the rest of the characters reprise their roles, and they're perfect, and it's great. Like um, nice. I'm having a good time playing through that. Uh, that brings me to my other point that I really wanted to get to before we ended the show. So, yeah. I I'm stuck, man. I I installed near reincarnation, and it's taking a lot of my time. Esprit was telling me about it the other night too. I don't know if she's deep, but she's she's playing it. Here's the problem, right? So there's a banner that ends on the 7th of November, that's it. their banners are like a month long. Way longer than Genshin's. Well, I guess not way longer, but a whole month, right? From the 7th of October to the 7th of the month after, November. So the current banner is the Guard 3 crossover banner. Uh, that's the banner that was live when I started. The The two banners, or the, the, the multiple banners I missed before that, the game just came out, right? It's only been out for a couple months. But, like, there was a near replicant banner. There was a near automata banner at launch, right? I missed those. So I couldn't get a meal. I couldn't get near. I couldn't get 2B, 2P, 9S, uh, or A2. But I got zero. <laughs> there you go. So it's like the game throws fucking resources at you to pull on the gotcha at the beginning. I still, I, I've been playing a lot, and I still have not run out of easily obtained material right and the story is actually good like you know how in dragon dragoon and in near specifically automata but it was retconned into replicate in the new one weapon stories right like do you remember okay, automata yeah. like as you level yeah, up the yeah. weapons they have a little story that goes with them and you get a little bit more of the story when you get level up from one to some four. of them are jokes like the final fantasy 15 weapon yeah well, it yeah. wasn't the story, the weapon story. It wasn't a joke, but the, the... or well, it was more like a reference, I guess. I say joke, but I mean like yeah. reference, Easter egg, whatever. So this game is concerning weapon stories and the universe, the the, the thing, the, the the characters you play as, and the things that you're doing, and the place that you're doing them in, is like a weird like world between worlds, dream world, full of weird monsters, and you are basically, uh, going into a retelling, a visual retelling of these weapon stories, right? Mm. And you're fighting a malicious force that is trying to rewrite those stories. So you'll watch the story play out, and then you see a big black flash, and it's like, oh, here comes a fight. You fight off the, the monsters, and it's like, well, here's how it's supposed to happen, right? They're all fucking tragic, though. <laughs> like, you don't make the stories better. Um, that sounds so Yoko Taro. It's like, I know. oh, everything looks happy, but that's not the way it happened. Go fuck shit up. Like, because that's how it's supposed to be. It's like, oh no, please! It's, it's so sad. <laughs> like, I, I I just did uh, two weapon stories last night, um, 
and the, the two weapon stories that I did, like the first one was about a boy who lost his parents in a horrible war. Like a, a soldier like kicked their door in and like killed their killed his parents and was like searching the house, right? And the kid hid in the closet and he was like, I'm a coward. And then years later, he's like, I'm not a coward anymore. I'm a hardened soldier. I'm ready to kill. I'm going to find that guy to kill my parents. He like disobeys command, leaves camp, uh, goes to the, 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 the camp, finds the guy that killed his parents, kills all of his subordinates, kills him and his dying breath. He's like, hey, I understand. Okay, I'm your actual dad. You were stolen from me because the nation you are in the army for is fucking evil. Here's a bunch of proof. Ugh, killed over. I'm like, that's fucking tragic. Holy shit. <laughs> right? You were kidnapped. You're like, oh, great. Awesome. And then the story after that is about his, like, pussy of a commander who's just like, I'll never let one of my soldiers die. And everyone kicks him around like he's nothing, right? And then he has this tragic backstory where he made a mistake that got everyone killed. And he was being a hardened badass and everyone fucking lived, right? And like, oh, man. Like, these stories, they're short, but, like, they're really good. Right, and I'm actually enjoying every single one of them. Right. See, that's an issue I have with so many mobile games. Um, so before before Genshin, (laughs) before Genshin, I played Ark Knights. Ark Knights has this problem, and I think I've mentioned this before, so I'll keep it brief. But like, Ark Knights has this problem where like story and plot and world are pretty interesting and decent, but they drag on. They they try to make something that is probably like thirty minutes to an hour's worth of dialogue Mm -hmm. into like four hours of dialogue. And that's not all right. That's that's a, that's a frustrating thing mm. to, to deal with. That's filler. Um, so I would rather a story be good and then short. <laughs> it doesn't have to be long. You don't need it. Like it's a mobile game, man. You don't need to take up like hours of my fucking time, especially when you can't even pause the dialogue for fuck's sake. So yeah, I guess what I'm getting at is I appreciate that. That sounds that sounds a lot better than other mm-hmm. mobile games so. i hate unpausable dialogue there's a there's a game on the switch that's like a it was trying to be a spiritual successor to advanced wars but ended up being kind of like a knockoff right i forget i think yeah. it's called tiny metal it's called tiny metal you cannot pause the dialogue and it is not on screen fast enough to read i am a speed reader it's too fucking fast right um, yeah uh, i know that pain the tales of games that uh, you know that i went through recently Every single time there was a skit on screen in the older games, it wouldn't be voiced because the English dubs of them didn't voice the skits until later on in the, in the mm. series. But they were still auto-scrolling. Oh. That sucks. And I am not a fast reader. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's like, you know, just nail in the pain. coffin. Yeah. That is direct pain. So I've been playing a lot of this near game. I actually recommend it. I wonder if you should stream it sometime just for the story. Cause you can Maybe. get through the story without paying. Right. But you can't do any of the end game realistically without paying a little. I have put in 80 bucks. That's the size of the biggest package you could buy. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but I got a four star copy of zero. What's weird about near reincarnation is that um, there's only a few characters, but there's a bunch of costumes for these characters and they all count as different characters. So there's this like shared. Okay, so they they're doing the FGO approach. Kinda, yeah. I so there's like a shared like level of like it's like friendship level in Genshin, right? Uh, that takes a long time to build. Okay. And you get something out of it that will build no matter which copy of the character you're using. But you level them all differently, like they're different characters, right? And so like I have a I had a three star version of the the poor soldier that killed his actual dad, right? There's a four-star version of him, and he looks fucking sick, and I would like to have him, right? 
the three star version of Zero is her default Dragon Guard three outfit, but I got the four star version of her, which is like an alternate reality. Oh, I get along with my sisters. This is great outfit, right? And then I got an outfit that's an homage to two from Dragon Guard three, the blue haired chick, uh, okay. for an original character for reincarnation, right? Because uh, the original characters from reincarnation during crossover events will get costumed versions of themselves that are of those universes like there's a blindfold android version uh of the characters there's um a near looking version of them and it, that's cool like i find i think that's kind of cool i wish i could change the costumes of my leveled characters like but i guess that's just not profitable for for square enix i guess so I, i'm just gonna have to live with it so i've been playing this game super hard and i'm gonna play it after this show <laughs> right uh, because the banner ends on the 7th and I want to get another copy of Zero really fucking bad. Because then I could ascend her and go further into endgame. There you go. You can farm a material from events that substitutes as ascension material like a gotcha pull. But it is rare and hard to get and it takes a lot of time. But I'm willing to do it because I really like playing a Zero. Uh... <laughs> But I know, like, they're, they're going to do, like, a Dragon Guard 1 crossover, and I'm going to, like, lose my shit. I've told you before, Dra- Dragon Dragoon is, like, my second favorite video game franchise, second only to Armored Core, right? I can't blame you. Honestly, yeah. uh, another mobile game I played, Langrisser, uh, it, I knew the event was coming because it was, you know, one of those, like, years prior, first came to the West type deal, mm-hmm. or before it came to the West. Um, so I, I just didn't spend anything that I earned in-game and waited. But I easily would have dumped money had I not known. Uh, when my fra- one of my favorite JRPGs, Trails in the Sky, had a crossover with the game. So I was like, well, hell yeah, I'm rolling on this banner. Hell yeah. fucking yeah, I'm rolling. So yeah, Dragon Guard 1 comes up. I think uh, you're like, justified what in do I do? your money if you need to. I even liked Dragon Guard 2. I think Dragon Guard 2 is underrated. A lot of people be like, it's not canon. Yoko Taro didn't make it. That's not fucking true. One, it is canon, but it is a dead end in the timeline on a branch that doesn't have any other games in it, right? Like, yeah, so in other words, the canon doesn't matter so much. Right, and um, I didn't think the story was that bad. I think the cutscenes were bad, right? Because they ran out of budget, so the cutscenes are just still images of 3D models posing with text, like Persona style with character portraits that have facial re- animation. Yeah, right? so it, it essentially, it's kind of got like the Dark Souls 2 in this going on, where fans don't want to admit that it's part of the series. Yeah. Even though there's no reason for it not to be. Exactly. It changes nothing. But, you know, the the fandom of Dragon Dragoon before Nier Automata came out was very small. And I was in a minority of people that liked Dragon Dragoon 2, also known as Dragon Guard 2, um, a lot. I really liked the music and the story, even though it was a little cringy and a little wishy-washy. And obviously, Yoko Taro's special touch isn't quite there. He was a director on the game. He was like a consultant, right? But he wasn't like directly in charge. And some people, they take that and they're like, oh, so it's not canon. It's like, no, like he still worked on the game and had a say. It's just, you know, they took it in another direction and he was under control of that. And it was for the better because Nier, uh, Gestalt, Replicant, and Automata are great games, right? Yeah. Nobody in the Dragon Dragoon fandom expected Near Automata to ever come out. And it was a hit. And it brought a lot of new fans into the fandom, and they're kind of weird. 
Um, and many of them were just not mentally ready to play the older games because they're way more fucked up. They're so much more Yo, fucked up. Oh, God, are they? Like, Nier Automata's endings got me fucked up, but, like, that doesn't even hold but a candle. But none, none of the characters had weird preconceived, like, backgrounds, though, mm-hmm. that, like, made them a lot harder, like, to, like, jive with. But then you look at the older games, and there's some characters there that, in real life, you probably wouldn't bat an eye if they were to get hit by a car in the yeah. middle of the street. <laughs> like, the party in Dragon Dragoon 1 is, like, um, like, every single one of them could be the villain of their own game. It's just wild. I wasn't expecting that. that I'm, was, we're all good. That was unexpected. Did you it, did you see him? I don't know if no. I blocked him or not. Okay, good. I saw the door open. Hey, I matter. saw your head cover matter. the door, and then I saw the door close. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I'm a little brother came in to get the switch. That's, That's all great. good. Got to protect him with the opsec. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, he he likes to show up on stream every once in a while. So I don't oh, okay. so mind it, but <laughs> I, I thought he was in bed already. It's kind of late. Yeah. They uh the the school is shut down due to strikes, so he's been going to bed later to do online classes i think guys mm. i think or online something online school of some sort anyways yeah so so anyway you know like i was saying dragon dragoon one also knows dragon guard one all of the main party members could be villains in their own game because they're all horrible people that are not likable i think that's honestly like in a, a way more interesting way to make a fucking game though yeah they're interesting because they're unlikable but the game makes no attempt to redeem them they are unlikable, and they meet a horrible demise in every ending. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I genuinely think there is something to be said about the... I, could, I think you could call it a trope, the the happenstance protagonist or, or, or hero, mm-hmm. where, like, you've got this horrible fucker. Like, maybe he does, like, the most horrible thing you can like fathom, but he's the only one that can save the world. And saving the world is still in his best interest because he'll die and everything he loves will go, too. But you just put up with his silly bullshit and whatever it might be mm-hmm. because you need him. And it's it's it adds an extra element of like I wanna say like thrill to it. Mm-hmm. The outside looking in, obviously, right? It's like it's like nobody likes this guy. I don't like this guy, but I have to play as him and these people need him. It's kinda of like playing like the Fable games or or Grand Theft Auto games or any of those games with like a level of freedom to them. And then you just murder people whenever the fuck you feel like. Mm-hmm. It, it it basically kind of it kind of boils down to being kind of the same thing. Just those are a lot less story impactful, and then games like Dragon Guard and Near and shit are more story right. impactful. Most because they're baked in. But besides the point. So what did Esprit tell you about Near Reincarnation? I don't remember exactly what was mentioned. I think she just said that she was playing it and enjoying it. I wonder how far she is. You should ask her yeah. uh, and, and tell me what she says. Uh, ask her later. Uh, did she get through chapter six? Sure. The The story takes a, a pretty big turn after chapter six. Um, I am not at, at the end yet. Like right now there's 12 chapters more coming. Uh, but there's like two distinct arcs in the story. Chapter one through six and then chapters seven through 12. Um, okay. I am on my way to chapter 12, but I have run up into a wall where the force, the calculated power level of my party, is less than the power level of the encounters, which means I no longer... Because it's an auto-battler, right? Um, you set up okay. your party, and then they, they go fight. And you can press buttons, but you can just hit auto. Uh, 
which is in your best interest because the game is not I'm selecting the right stuff. It's I've set up my party to beat this battle and they're going to go do it. Right. It's like playing Dominions, not Command and Conquer. Right. I I, I, I get you. It's kind of I've played a couple of those games where you basically set up your party in a way. It's almost like you're playing like a turn-based game, but you're setting all of your actions ahead of time. Yeah. In a, in a way. Yes. So. Uh, very much so. And so I, I don't know if I started the game during a promotion or if they just give out this much free material when you start, but that's when I started and I got a bunch of like level up materials for characters and weapons. Found out it's not nearly enough, but I became very powerful very early and I steamrolled the first six chapters, right? Like yeah, I just mobile uh, games tend to do that. Yeah. I think that's I think that's just a stable. Crestoria, for as dog shit as that was, um, did did itself no favors by making itself easier. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it backfires. Right. But. So now I'm doing fights. I'm still winning, but I'm doing fights that require me to look. What's the enemy weak to? What do I have equipped? And change my equipment. Level up some new weapons I wouldn't have otherwise used that maybe aren't as good as my best weapons, just because they have the element that I need to do double damage on the enemy to win the fight. Like, I have to actually use tactics now. Uh, whereas before, I was just setting up and then steamrolling. And then the challenge was in the optional stuff I was doing on the side. Um, whereas the main story was just a thing I did for gems to pull on the gotcha, right? So now, like, I can still progress. Feed the addiction. Yeah, I can still progress, <laughs> but I have to learn the game now. But the journey to get to this wall, like, I've learned the game. So I feel ready to take on the harder challenges, but it's a lot more thrilling once it's challenging, right? Because now it's like, oh man, if I just auto and look away, I'll die. But if I like equip all the right shit, it's going to be fine. Uh, and so that's what I've been doing. Um, I forget which chapter I'm in. It's either like nine or 10, but um, it's exciting. And the story is a lot of fun. I- I'm-, I'm really happy with it. So... Speaking of a good story, I know you wanted to end early, Victim, so I'm going to go one more topic and we'll be done. If you're cool with it. Yeah, So I watched Dune, right? This is a bit of a tangent. This is a bit of a topic shift. So Dune came out, the movie. I subscribed to HBO Max for this, right? Because I I, I just don't have the opportunity to go to a theater. Not because there isn't theaters, but, like, I've got kids and shit, right? Like, childcare is a bitch, so got to sort that shit out. So, I watched Dune in HBO Max in my living room. It was pretty good. So, so my, my, here's my Dune review, right? If you read the books or listen to the audiobook like I did, you're going to like it. Because it's the most faithful adaptation yet. Now, if you haven't seen the movie and you've only listened to, like, you get your opinions from YouTubers on the internet that are salty, right? You're probably thinking, how could it be the most accurate adaptation when they, you know, gender swapped a character that was important? One, that character's not important. That character's purpose was to die. That character still dies. <laughs> Surprising Which, no one. <laughs> bring, brings up another point, but either way. <laughs> the character met all of the required things that that character was meant to do, but it was a chick instead of a dude. Now... What movie-only people don't know is that that character is now the mother, but previously was the father of another very important character, right? Who we don't really see in this movie, because this movie is part one of the whole book, not the whole book, right? Like the David Lynch movie in 84, that was the whole book. It was super rushed. 
the uh, the two episode like fucking four or five hours long Sci-Fi Channel miniseries. Um, also a lot more accurate than the David Lynch movie. Uh, that one, you know, this character was a dude and was the father of an important character. Still dies, right? This movie, character is a chick, does all the same shit, still dies. It was a cool scene. Way cooler than the unceremonious death in the other movies, right? So, it's part one. So this reveal isn't actually made yet. <laughs> right? Um, but, uh, it, it's Chani, the future, um mother of Paul's children played by Zendaya in the new movie. Right. Who's like on all the posters and shit. That girl who has almost no speaking lines, by the way, in part one. Um, like by the time they finally meet the movie's over. (laughs) Damn. He's just like in her, she's just like in his dreams all the time, which is accurate. Um, so this movie, it does a couple things that are really interesting. So like the David Lynch movie did not understand how to get around the amount of internal dialogue in the movie. Because, kind of like Game of Thrones, the Dune book will go scene to scene, giving you the internal dialogue of different characters, right? Because you can't just have one character with internal dialogue and a bunch of speakers that you just hear, right? Because one character does not talk to all the other characters. There's too much going on, right? And so, different chapters will be uh, in different people's perspectives, in different places in the universe. So, to get around this... Uh, and the fact that Paul has visions, that's book accurate. Um, they editorialize what his visions say and do. For example, right, there's a character named Jamis, and I accurately predicted that the, the fight with Jamis was going to be the end of the movie, right? So there's this Fremen guy, the desert folk people, right, named Jamis. And so, what the, you know, in the story of Dune, like, shit happens after Paul's family goes to the desert planet and they lose everything, and it's just Paul and his mother. They're roaming the desert trying to survive. They get in touch with the Fremen and they start a new life, right? And then more stuff happens. (laughs) But, you know, that's the kind of ground that we cover in part one. And so the movie ends after he, after they meet the Fremen and one of the guys, so when they capture him at first, like Paul, like gets to jump on one of the Fremen guys and actually flips him over. And the guy was like, that's fucking bullshit. I challenge him. There's like some ancient battle, right? Where it's like a fight to the death for honor or some shit. Right. And uh, Paul fights him and wins. That's that's the story. That's how it's supposed to happen, right? So in the movie, Paul has multiple visions of this guy, Jamis. And it's like, sets him up to be like a mentor. Like, I'm going to teach you the Fremen ways. I am your friend. You're We're going to be friends, right? I'm going to, you know, it's through me that you're going to fit into the way of life. Which is technically accurate, but... As soon as they meet, they fight, and Jamis dies. <laughs> and then in the next part of that's not it's not in this movie, but in the next movie, I'm expecting a very emotional funeral for Jamis. Where in the book, what happens? They all circle up, and it's like they each take turns speaking up. Like I was a friend of Jamis. We did X Y Z things, right? I was a friend of Jamis. I we did this shit. I was a friend of Jamis. He taught me this, right? At one point, they're all going to look kind of expectingly at Paul. Like, are you going to fucking speak at this dude's funeral? You killed him, right? And then he's like, I was a friend of Jamis. He taught me X, Y, Z things, right? And it's like, it was exactly what he needed to say. His visions told him, this is exactly what you need to say. And everything's going to go right. And there's this, like, subplot of, like, the more I walk into the shadow of my visions, the closer we get to climactic holy war that will result in the death of trillions of people that are going to be my fault. And I don't like that. 
But like enough Ooh. bad shit happens to him. Nice. Enough bad you shit know. is gonna happen to him and does happen to him in the book where it's like, all right, holy war it is, fuckers, right? And he's gonna do it. He's gonna become Hitler, right? Woo. <laughs> I am become Hitler. Right. So, like, that's kind of like the premise. And uh, they've set it up perfectly. Like, they, they just need to keep walking in the steps, and it's going to be fine. But there's a lot of criticism of this movie that I've seen online for people who have, did not read the book. And then they'll criticize the book. Like, this is too hard. I can't read this. Right? And it's a hard book to read. I had to read the audiobook because I don't read fucking books. We've already established this. Right? But, like... Yeah. There are people out here who are like, I didn't like this movie. I couldn't read the book. This is like a white savior story. And it's like, well, one, I mean, yeah, Timothy Chalamet, the actor, is a white man. And so was all the other guys that played Paul. But, like, he's not actually white. Like, this is like 20,000 years in the future. Like, uh, skin color is a thing of the past. Like, everyone's brown in Dune, right? In fact, the book, which does not describe how things look almost ever which is why the three adaptations are so different looking right yeah it, it, it's up to the directors because I've, I've noticed a lot of older books do that mm-hmm. surprisingly it's, it's left up to the director of the movie because the book's left in ambiguous on purpose but when it comes to skin color in david herbert's books like um the darkest man in dune is actually paul's dad right he's described as having a dark olive skin color right like a black olive right does that make Paul the blackest, the son of the blackest man in Dune? Like, does that make him a white savior? I mean, if you're just talking like skin color as the prerequisite of being a white savior, then I would say no, right? Um, however, more importantly, to be a white savior, you need to actually save them and be like, it's because I'm white. <laughs> I saved you. He doesn't save anybody. In fact, he brings about the greatest tragedy the universe ever sees. Like, he will fail. And the entire book is a big criticism of, of white savior trope that, that is seen in so many books and uh, and movies and stuff, right? Back in the yeah. 60s when it was written. But there's a bunch of contrarian fucking Zoomers on TikTok that think that it's a white savior story. Don't waste your money. Uh, you know, it's just another one, guys. And then it's part one, so they don't actually get far enough in the plot to subvert the trope. They it's It's been set up, and they, they see it coming, and... They think it's going to be what they don't want, and it's exactly you know, what they want, and they're not going to fucking know because they're too fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's really yeah. funny that you mention it that way, too, because it's like, this is actually probably one of the weirdest, like, on-topic agenda moments to move to straight from near. Mm-hmm. Because, honestly, it's, it, from my re- recollection of what I've heard of doing over the years, honestly, similar trope to the idea that, like, you're not supposed to like all these people. Right. You're not supposed to relate 100% with these people. Um, you're supposed to look at them as kind of like, uh, I guess, villains in, in mm-hmm. some capacity, right? Really, so it's I, like, I blame this on Marvel, honestly, and sincerely. Yeah, everyone's the hero. It's like, uh... Huh. Marvel has dumbed down storytelling to the point where people think a good movie is one that spoon-feeds you everything you need to know and be excited about. And it's yeah, like, I, it's awful. <laughs> it, it, it's, I think it's one of the reasons why I appreciated Dark Souls' story so much and why every time someone's like, it's dog shit, I hate it, the only thing that comes to mind is, it's like, okay, so you prefer your story to be held out for you to take off the mm-hmm. fucking platter. And I, I get that that's not everyone. That's just my knee-jerk reaction to it. Right. But, like, 
But I, I look at that and I'm like, I really do prefer a story that I get to pick apart. If I played Persona and every single fucking like arc's ending was like I could see it at the end of the fucking tunnel, I wouldn't have enjoyed it nearly as much. I loved mm-hmm. being able to speculate yeah. and being able to tear things apart myself to figure it out because I, I have the capability of it. I, I've studied writing pretty much my entire life. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I fucking I love that shit. But I, I think that's one of the reasons why I couldn't I couldn't stand Marvel is like no matter where I watched. Sure, I was missing all the context. But you never, there was never a question of who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, and how is this movie going to end? Well, the heroes are just going to fucking win the day. Right, every time. And even the one time they don't, you know they're coming back in a year with another movie where they do. And that's what they did. So Okay, cool. I sneezed, but I didn't sneeze all over myself. Again. I didn't hear a thing. <laughs> so, um, I blame Marvel for this. And it it's so sad. Like, for the same reason, like... Armored Core and Dark Souls are the same. I mean, they're written by the same people, right? Yeah. <laughs> or they were. Um, well, similar dev teams, even though like there's definitely people that changed. And mm-hmm. it, it was a different director by that point, but still. Yeah. But like both franchises, Armored Core, Old Stuff, and Dark Souls, the current, they, they don't give you two. They give you one plus one, right? And yeah. getting to two in your brain is fun, right? Marvel, they don't give you one plus one. They just give you two, right? It's like, here's the answer, right? This guy's bad. Oh, plot twist. He's bad. Like, remember the first Iron Man movie when the bald man was the villain? Even though they, yeah. they spent no time setting up anyone else to be the villain? Oh, man. Surprise. Uh, like, And I mean, I you know, uh, for the record, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I just think that that shouldn't be the, this is the only way it should be. And I, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that believe that. And that's, that's just yeah. so far from the truth. The plot tests are just so weak. Like, in, in Spider-Man Homecoming, like, the, the villain being the dad of the love interest, like, that was so weak. It's like, you've established that he has a family, and he's living a life of crime to support a family. And then it's like, but we never see this family. And then Peter's really nervous about being the dad of, of his, his love interest. Oh, wow, surprise. I mean, I, w- I was a little surprised. It- they spent no time setting it up. Uh, yeah, but it was it was like a jump scare version of a surprise. It's like this is a cheap surprise. You just didn't set this up on purpose. Yeah, it, it, and honestly, that's one of those things you can see coming because it, it's a really big trope for like young teen um, protagonists to have you know the father of their fucking girlfriend be the the conflict of their story mm-hmm. in some form. Obviously, this is a bit more extreme than right. <laughs> most of those, but still, point. It's like it, it's it's pretty predictable. It's still annoying. Uh, so I my, my closing statements on Dune, though, uh, it was a great movie. Um, if you didn't read the book, maybe read the book for it. Like, I normally don't recommend that. But, like, um, you will get some serious blue balls if you watch this and you don't know what happens next. Just get the audiobook. The audio, uh, the audible version of the audiobook uh, is actually a multi-voice actor production where uh, different characters get different voice actors, and it's actually really well done. Um, highly recommend That's that. That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that for all the books, but the first one they did, and it was awesome. Um, I will say their portrayal of the villains, still not quite spot on, uh, but better than all previous attempts. Like, the Baron Harkonnen in the 1984 version was a, like, balloon animal. He just floated around, like, cackling like a madman. And the, the visual design of the planet that he owns and the people that live there was, like, a bunch of, like, red, spotty, like, not fully, like, partially bald, red-headed, like gross pimply people with heart plugs like you take them out and they'll die like what the fuck is that like that's not in the book um 
and then in the sci-fi channel show um he was a menacing smart dude but he still floated around a lot and he um he wasn't as threatening uh he was smart but not threatening right uh and then in this one the new movie he is threatening scary uh imposing however we don't know the full details of his plot, so it's up to part two to deliver if he's a cunning villain or not. Because right now, he's a brutal villain, right? And then his nephew, played by Dave Batista, you've probably seen in the trailer, oh, right? Uh, okay. His nephew, yeah. uh, is his name is Raban, and he's like a brutal guy, right? And just like the book, uh, he has ordered his nephew to be brutal to the people of the desert planet and basically torture them, right? And, and squeeze the spice production out of the planet and get their money back for all the treachery that they just committed, right? Because that was an expensive operation because politics. Uh, however, in the book, uh, by this time, we've already set up that he has two nephews. The other one, who is like Paul's age, is young, beautiful, and like uh, a definite contender for emperor, right? Because the emperor only has daughters, right? That was established in the movie successfully. However, um... The Baron's Grand Master plan in the book is make everyone on the desert planet hate Raban, assassinate Raban, replace him with the other guy, and then he will be a great leader to the people on the desert planet. They will want to serve us because he's going to be benevolent, and then everyone will love him, and then the Emperor will give us one of his daughters, and he will be the next Emperor. Right? That's his Grand Master plan. Fucking his other nephew, not even in the movie. I really hope they fix that. Uh, but... I mean, there's like a one-on-one fight between the two of them, Paul and this guy, like in the David Lynch movie, and I'm pretty sure that was in the book too. So, like, maybe the second movie is his time to be set up, right? Yeah, one of those things where like they probably had some things where they kind of pushed it up just so that they production time wise. Yeah. So, but like, if yeah, they don't I, have I that, that plot point, like, then that's minus points for the Baron Harkonnen's uh, adaptation because he's supposed to be super smart and scary. So we'll see uh otherwise i think they made the right cuts uh of of dialogue at the right parts uh one thing that i i thought was weird was there was this scene with the housekeeper who is a fremen in disguise i guess right uh and she has a chris knife which is a type of knife that is the tooth of a sandworm and it's culturally important to the fremen you take it out of the sheath you have to bloody it before you put it back that's super important to them so she presents this knife to paul's mom like yeah I want you to have this. Do you know the significance of this? Because she's like testing them. Like, are you the Messiah? Are you really the Messiah? Right? Because they're a legend that was implanted by another party uh, for political reasons again. Right? Because nothing is by chance in this franchise. Everything is intentional. Um, As writing should be. A, a different faction of people. Uh, spread, Chekhov's gun and all that. Right. They, they spread legends onto all the remote planets that have like very specific conditions for like a Messiah figure. Um, in case... They got, uh, like, someone important got fucked over and they needed to hide out, right? They would conveniently fit into this role. Uh, and it's a mother and a son from off-world knowing their ways at the start, right? When they shouldn't have been able to know. Which, when you have visions like Paul, it fits right in, right? Like, it was like a purpose-built prophecy for him. And so, the mother is part of the prophecy, right? Because it's a boy and a mother. And so, this lady was, like, testing the mother, like, are you really the fucking chosen ones, right? Do you know what this is? She takes the knife out of the sheath, right? And in the book... Uh, Jessica tells her, like, you, you need to bloody that before you put it away. How are you going to do that? And she's like, oh, my God, it's really her. And, like, she's supposed to bloody herself and put it back, right? 
She doesn't. She just puts it back in the movie. And I'm like, that's a weird oversight. And then later in the movie, after they get ambushed by the Fremen in the desert, after they've escaped the, the trouble in the climax of the film, the Fremen all have their knives out and they, they slice their wrists and put it away. All of them in unison, right? Like that, that's what they're supposed to be doing. And uh, they kept that in, but removed that other scene. And I'm like, but that scene's supposed to set up that scene. And I'm like, why did you remove that? Was it for time? I don't know. Mm, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that's oversight because honestly, it's one of those moments where like it's a cool scene. I feel like movie onlys <laughs> aren't going to really pay that much of an attention to that unless it was like pushed on them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like book only people should be able to look at that and be like, okay, they just missed something there. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not like they removed that element at all. So it's like, yeah, I mean, like uh, uh, Battle Angel Elliot had a lot of stuff like that mm-hmm. where it was like a clearly this was probably just missed. Like it wasn't even like clearly wasn't even time saving shit, and I feel like most people were able to get by get by that. They were like, nah, whatever. It's like this is still probably the best adaptation we're ever gonna fucking get. Yeah, ever. <laughs> so that's fair. Anyways, that's all I have to say about Dune. Uh, all in all, highly recommend it. It's the best adaptation so far, but it's only half the book. So if you don't actually, if you never read the book, you might be a little disappointed. Uh, if you did read the book, you'd be super fucking excited because it was a really good adaptation of the first half of the book, right? Which is a weird. You, it's a weird thing to take away. Watching The Hobbit, uh, movie to movie, after knowing the book, was pain. This is it super was, long for no reason, right? Yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas, well, the Hobbit was not Lord of the Rings sized. Why was it? Why was the movies Lord of the Rings sized? Come uh, on, man. Yeah. Whereas Dune, like they that, were good movies, but that movie could have been a little bit longer to adapt the first half of the book, and it would have been okay. Because there, there is a couple of big scenes that they cut out. That, two movies yeah. would have been fine. Yeah. Three was a tad too much. I know. We, we can we can shit talk the Hobbit movies another time. Uh, let, let's go ahead and, and rush along to the outro. So, this has been the Melonmancy Podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'd like to remind our listeners, uh, because there's way more of you than watchers, uh, that we do the show live every two weeks. Um Follow me on social media or join our Discord to see when we go live. Uh, or just keep listening to the audio-only version. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I'm not your mother. Uh, there's also the VODs get uploaded to the site where we stream, which is odyssey.com. I'm not going to show for them this episode, although it is a great site that I still endorse. <laughs> I can't just show them every time I bring up their name. <laughs> you've, you've heard it. So my name is Dylan, and you can find me at dylon at shitposter.club. Victim. Hello, I'm Victim, and you can find me at mm underscore victim at Twitter, and a victim of gaming on Twitch.tv. Mm-hmm. We all wish Victim a speedy recovery and a return to regular streaming, but we're not going to rush him. Yeah, I'll probably try to do some more here and there, but it's just it's so rough mm-hmm. to try and talk for that long. I just get winded. Yeah, no, enough. no pressure, no pressure. Um, that's all, folks. Have a good one. <laughs>